I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dr. Kamalo, the S-curl, the glamour, the funk. Hello, 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 and welcome to Reminding You Why You Love Football, a weekly podcast from Monday on Magazine that, according to Pete Robson, who DM'd us, or DM'd Seb, it said, in all seriousness, you've managed to capture the thing that all great podcasts do, great, where the listener feels part of an exclusive club and in with the gang. And if you're listening for the first time, it's an inclusive club, it's not just exclusive, we want you in and we want you to feel like you're part of the gang as well. So we will keep the in-jokes light and the, what's the opposite of an in-joke? An out-joke. Yeah. No, that sounds like something Bernard Manning would have done in the, <laughs> in the 70s. Moving on. Um, but always the, the, light and, the light and shade of podcast reviews. Someone on Twitter the other day replied to a post and said, I read Mundial posts in Owen's voice and feel both relaxed and violated. <laughs> Which is funny, as that's always been my management style. <laughs> Keep them on their toes. Relax them up. Bit of violation, relax, violate, you know. Yeah. Relaxed yeah. violation. Can confirm. I was, I was going to say that I relate strongly to whoever sent that. <laughs> <laughs> the old one too. Um, we're always on the lookout for good reviews, so uh, send them in. We are going to be, um, Seb's meant to be sorting out some prizes, but um, yes. he's been too busy pissing around at football matches. So anyway, we are, <laughs> we are Mundial. This is reminding you why you love football. This is a football podcast and we will start talking about some football very shortly. But for now, <laughs> joining me today, uh, across from me, um, fourth coffee of the day, early train from Manchester, late show t-shirt on, producer Tommy Stewart. Uh, next to him, Mundial co-founder Sebastian Dennis White in a very stripy t-shirt today. He looks like there is banter in the bellows today. He looks a bit frisky. He's had two, he's had he's had an extra coffee this morning and he's pumping. And uh, next to him, Monday our features editor James Paul Christian Bird. Now, last week, uh, and I apologise for talking about last week if you didn't listen, but you should go back and listen because it's timeless. We talked about um, starting a chant, and people have responded in kind to this on the internet. And someone DM'd me on Instagram and said, um, "Can I interest you in?" It's the rhythm of Seb White. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. All oh, night. It's, it's the rhythm of Seb White. So, so you, others didn't feel left out. I also did a couple of little chants for you and Tommy oh, to lead yeah. you in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. get in. Relaxed and violated. <laughs> <laughs> like a bird, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Picked for the, the very, very first time. time. Like, like a bird, oh. <laughs> running up and <laughs> down the line. <laughs> I, I like, like it, it a lot. Yep. Like a bird. I like it a lot. about that. I'm liking this, Owen. I'm liking this I a like lot. It. 
Tom Tommy, Tom Tommy, Tom Tommy Stew plays for United and fucking hates blues. That's good. That that is good. When did you do this? This is good. I did like a birdo last night. Yeah, and then I was lying in bed thinking of one for Tommy, but I couldn't get hold of it. And I thought, and that was I did that one on the train this morning. If anyone wants to suggest a chant for me. Uh, bring it in. Um, this yeah. is a 4.8 on Apple Podcast, a five-star on Spotify Podcast, a podcast that is making um, people happy. Uh, and yes. we are getting a lot of personal feedback, which I know people think is, is can be bullshit, but the reviews are coming in, um, the validations are popping, and people are telling us that um, it's genuinely a highlight for them and something to look forward to on a weekly basis. And really, that's the that's the reason to do it. We we absolutely love it. Um, we love talking nonsense about football and football adjacent things with each other. And we hope people are enjoying it and hope more of you are enjoying it. So share it with your mates, um, share it with your enemies, share it with your mums, share it with your dads. This is reminding you why you love football. And we are part of the Acast Creator Network. Like a bird, oh. oh. Pick for the very first time Like a bird Running up and down the line You nearly went too early then, yeah, didn't you? I, yeah, but yeah. I didn't know how long you were going to wait yeah. you know, Well, I'd wait as long as Madonna does Because that's what song is playing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is Adventures in Clubland, and this is where we talk about Indian summers, loans, and last chance saloons. And I am in the uh, not-so-hot seat today. Nice and cool. There's not been another bum in it before us. Mm. Um, no Louis Theroux. No Louis Theroux. No, no Sadiq, Sadiq Khan. Khan. No Ty Papula, as I live and breathe. Our very own friend, our, our good yeah. mate, Ty Papula. Yeah. Um, he's not been in here. But, Simon uh, Mayo. Simon Mayo. He sat the other side. He knew. He kn- <laughs> Did it? <laughs> Did he sit the other side? <laughs> he ain't gonna fucking sit in it. He ain't gonna sit here after watching me throw down for two hours, is he? Watch the throne. <laughs> Adventures in Clubland is me, and it's another one inspired by the cult issue of Mundell, which is out now in WH Smith's Independence and on our website where you can subscribe. A very good issue that um People are, are enjoying a lot. Moved like, it to the uh, front of WH Smiths at Stansted only last night. I, I saw that. There you go. If you're if you're popping off, go and have a look in. Go and have a look in Smiths while you're getting a uh, a chicken sandwich and some uh, jelly babies for the flight. Get yourself a copy of Mundell. Anyway, um, so to the subject of today's adventures in Clubland is, I it's I can't pronounce his actual first name. It's it's Theophilius. Dr. Son Kamalo, known oh, yeah. as Dr. Kamalo. Now, what? Dr. Kamalo, the headline news, um, is a South African midfielder born in 1967. And I first became obsessed with this name and this sort of obsessed with this player in 2019. And when we developed the original slate for season two of Giant, we were going to be doing a lot of traveling. It was going to be more of a magazine show. And one of the, one of the places we were going to visit was South Africa. We were going to do a piece on um, the first Bafana Bafana team who, who played after South Africa's readmission, of which uh, Dr. Kamalo was a member, along with Mark Fish and some uh, Lucas Radaby and some other, other players Premier League fans would know. I remained... Uh, fairly enwrapped by Dr. Kamala because uh, of the name and because of some clips I saw of him playing and some things I read. Now, he's a Kaiser Chiefs fucking legend. Mm. Like, you know, they're in their most successful period. Um, his dad had been a player, but that that's not necessarily important. He had a weird spell in Argentina where um, that mad FIFA agent, remember Houseman? Yes. 
He got hold of him, took him to Argentina. I don't think it worked out very well. He was there for six months. Um, but he also went to Columbus Crew in 1996 for the first season of MLS. In fact, he was the first designated player, um, the first wow. designated marquee player for Columbus Crew. And he had, look, he had a good two seasons there. No, blimey. It was a squad. I've got the roster here, actually. Yeah, yeah. And just for some names, I mean, it was, you've got your Brian McBride, your Brad Friedels. Cool. Oh, um, yes. There was a couple of others. Proper Americans there, aren't they, those two? <laughs> um, <laughs> we interviewed Brad Friedel, didn't we, once? We did. He got sacked two days later. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he did. Well, tell you what, though, Brad, we we did interview Brad Friedel in his office at the New England Patriots Stadium, yeah, where he was where he was manager, and of the Revs on on tape. I would say not a great interview, Brad. Yeah, yeah. The moment we turned the tape off, fucking banter machine, leather in, yeah, yeah, leather in tie because um, Arsenal were at the time spectacularly combusting. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, he had a fridge full of Stella. Yeah, yeah, did great. Yeah, yeah, and then we watched the first leg of Liverpool Barcelona. Uh, in the, a bar at the New England Patriots. With no comms. With no comms. <laughs> but with a, a, a mix of country and Western and um, American rock. And uh, Owen just increasingly getting sadder and sadder as Barcelona scored. Drinking 8% micro brews. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He didn't come with us, did he? He didn't come with us. No, I think he watched it in the office. I think he could see where it was going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's two, more interesting stuff to say about Dr. Kamalo than his adventure in Columbus Crew. Scored a few goals, was ever present while he was there, played in MLS All-Star yeah. Games. They didn't win anything. Like it was, it was fine. But really, this is a vehicle to talk about him because otherwise, I don't know how we would. The first thing you need to know about Dr. Kamalo is his nickname was 16 Valve. <laughs> and that was because there was a popular Volkswagen Golf at the time, in uh, that was like the car you wanted if you were growing yeah. up in South Africa at the time. So there's the why. There's the Columbus crew. Now, there is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Seek It Out highlights video of a famous game uh, in the 90s. The 1996 Mandela Cup match. Oh. And Brazil went to South Africa. And um, this is obviously, you know, so he's Kamalo's been part of the, the team that win... Um, win the AFCON in South Africa for Bafana Bafana. You know, a, a, a great story of, of readmission. And obviously a lot of um, a lot of South African football, you know, there's a lot of, of black players in the team as well. I know when, when South African cricket team and rugby team came back in, they were both very white teams, but the football yep. team was the, you know, the team, the mm. team of the, of the, 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 you know, the big population. Um, but anyway, Brazil turn up and Brazil are uh, revered as a team in a lot of African countries. And you will, you, you know, if you interview, we interviewed quite a few Nigerian people for things we've done and like Brazil are, you know, sort of because of the way they play. Um, so anyway, they're for the first 60 minutes of this game and it's a fucking good team. They, mm. Brazil have put out like a fucking good team. Bebeto's up front, you know, there's Aldeas at the back. You know, it's a good, it's not far, it's two years removed from the team two, that won the World yeah, Cup and two yeah, years right. removed from a team that will get to the World Cup final. <laughs> yeah. So, not pretty every, good. Yeah, pretty good. Now, Kamalo puts on one of the finest midfield performances you will ever see. And you look at him, he's, he's tall, he's a big man, 6'2", rangy, big stride. And he is very techy, very languid, but... The work he does at the base of a midfield is so brave and shows mm. such a command of his own ability because he is skipping past players and playing one-twos and he does it all very tight, little pirouettes, little turns, but then he's got the ability to go on and drive and score and and create as well. And he scores an absolutely wonderful, wonderful first-time volley. The ball gets cleared out just on the stroke of half-time, and he fucking runs and buries it. And I would say, I've watched it quite a few times, 
And there's a similar clip he does against Liverpool a couple of years earlier as well, where he absolutely runs the show. They can't get near him. I mean, literally, this isn't yeah, this yeah. isn't hyperbole. This is like I saw someone leathering me for saying something about Heskey, but this isn't hyperbole. This is he ran the show against Brazil. Yeah, yeah. Um, they ended up losing the game because they took him off and made some made some substitutions. But yeah, like just I would say the player I would liken him most to, honestly, currently oh. is Jude Birmingham. Oh. Oof. Oh, oh! Moves like High him. Moves like yeah, him. Yeah. Moves like him. Can do it at the base. Can do it Authority. left. Can do it right. Can do it in yep. the ten. And the doc, a famous the doctor putting on a clinic. The doctor putting on a clinic. There's a wonderful piece um, on the Mail and Guardian in South Africa by Carlos uh, Carlos Amato, who's an illustrator and writer. And there's a few bits in here. Owen, can I just ask you to read out the headline of that that I've just seen because it's fucking brilliant. Doctor Kamalo, the S curl, the glamour, the funk. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Boom time. And it tells the story of how this piece is brilliant. Um, it tells the story of how he was mugged when he was 16 and then ran away from the muggers, shouting, um, One day I'll play at Orlando, Orlando Stadium and you'll come and watch me. What a, what a man. Wow. What a man. Well, a kid then. Pure 16v. It's the intelligent lack of appetite for physical combat. This was the cheese boy spirit he brought to the football chief for Kaiser Chiefs. And on the pop culture stage of young, newly democratic South Africa, he showed a generation a way to be street without being rough, a way to triumph by sheer force of ease. Oi. There's oh. another couple. This of is bit. good, good shit. There was the legendary Bafana Bafana coach, Clive Barker. Um, and he was asked once about what doctor's role in the national side was. Um, and, and Clive answered that he had no role. Barker meant, of course, this is Carlos Acosta saying this now, not me. Barker meant, of course, that Kumalo had a very special role, an autonomous one, a tote of total liberty to prowl the space between structure and chaos. And the Whoa. true beauty of Doc's football was in its generosity. Mm. Oh. His passing was even better than his dribbling, and he rarely took his fancy footwork too far. Great. Well, let's commission whoever wrote this. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's really good, right? <laughs> in fact, you're going to like this. In fact, Doc's game had two layers of deception the micro-deception and the macro-deception. This was especially true in the international arena, where he, often in, where he often enjoyed the advantage of surprise. Opponents from the fast European league sized up that languid gate, those foot-on-the-ball shimmies and those drowsy tactical retreats, moseying the ball back into his own half and assumed on this evidence that he was a harmless showboater, that he was all style and no threat. But they weren't reading his threat properly, as they soon found out to their cost. In the two thrilling friendlies against Brazil and Germany, Kamalo outshone those mighty nation's midfield stars. Doc had everything in his locker. He could see and supply a teammate's killer run before the teammate had thought of it. He could turn a fullback inside and out three times, waiting for his striker to lose his marker. He could loft a cross onto a striker's forehead from half a pitch away. He could score from long range. He could curl a through ball around a hapless centre-back with the outside of his boot. Brackets. The outside of Doctor's boot should have held a PhD in its own right. Oh, what? Blucky, <laughs> <laughs> blucky. The only thing he couldn't do, or wouldn't do, barring one pivotal exception in February 1996, was tackle. <laughs> so, oh. I could go on and on and on and on and on. But there's another quote from, um, which I think is as important because it's sort of, it, it backs up what's been said there from a different level and there was a um, South African DJ uh, DJ Black Coffee which is a great name which yeah. is what Tommy would be called actually DJ Black <laughs> yeah, Coffee yeah, yeah. and he said here that not only is he one of the reasons I support Kaiser Chiefs he was a guy you wanted to model you were like when I when I grew up I want to be like him because that's the only way we understand what inspiration is oh. in the township back then if the most coolest guy is a thug that's all you want to be because you look up to this guy he's so cool and he gets all the girls and you get into it because it's the coolest thing these are the men that saved us. 
pioneering excellence in the earliest of age. You've done so much for us. And I've got goosebumps reading that. Oh, I mean, honestly. For the second time today. What? This. <laughs> so that is Dr. Kamalo. Um, there's a documentary, a uh, four-parter. I haven't managed to get hold of it yet, called 16 Valve, the Dr. Kamalo story, oh, uh, which is out oh. there knocking around somewhere. There's a lot of video interviews out there with him, um, but just I was obsessed with him first because of the name, but when I saw him play, he is very much my kind of footballer. But then when I understood the impact that had had on... Um, I mean, that last quote there saying, you know, if mm. the coolest person is a thug, you'll gravitate towards that, but yeah. co the coolest person was Dr. Kamalo, so we gravitated towards excellence. That yeah, it's huge. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, uh, more people should know about him. We, uh, also, I, I mean, number one, an incredible primary nickname, the Doctor, Doctor Kamalo. <laughs> other, you know, other great doctors, Doctor Socrates, yeah, yeah. Matt Doherty, the Doctor, of course. All <laughs> happened to me. <laughs> I didn't know that. Right wing back, yeah, didn't yeah. The, the Doc, the Doctor, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but sixteen Valve, that's the fucking sickest nickname I've heard of, of any footballer. Yeah, sixteen Valve. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I yeah, mean, and, I can't and you know, it's so much it's, better than being like the Rolls Royce of the midfield. Yeah, oh, yeah, bored. Yeah. yeah, and this is well, exactly because the Rolls Royce. Valve, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, you know, we live in a country where Rolls Royce is a frame of reference, and I don't think a, a Rolls Royce would have been a frame of, frame of reference in, 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 you know, in townships in, in South no, Africa. No, then, sixteen, you know, 16 valve, and I, I, I love it because it's a lot more real. It's very easy for writers to go, oh, they're the Rolls Royce." I've never been in a fucking Rolls Royce. Yeah, I, no. but I bet you I've used Rolls Royce midfielder like a lazy hack that I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used it about three days ago. I was like, fucking hell, shut up. Yeah. I said it. Never know. even been in one. No, I've never but, seen but one. But more than that, seen one, yeah. if, there's a, if there's a job that Mundial and this podcast should do is to make sure players like this get known by more people. Because it's very easy to, get, to sit there and do a thousand words on a Maradona game or, mm -hmm. or a fucking... Of course. Or, or whatever. But to go deep on a Dr. Kamalo, who, look, first... Member of the first Bafana Bafana side, winner of the Afcon, star of the Mandela game against the Selassie, you know, huge, huge, huge Kaiser, Kaiser Chiefs legend, played in the US, whatever, but revered. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mundial joins the dots for football culture. And that's not a boast by us, but the words of an actual subscriber in our most recent reader survey. Why not see what they're on about and have a look at Mundial Magazine. 100 pages of global football magic released four times a year. It looks great, smells great, and the writing isn't bad either. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the show description to find out more. After the uh, glory of Dr. Kamalo... Um 
the um, the morning glory of Dr. White. <laughs> <laughs> What's the story I hear you ask? Uh, fucking hell, I'll tell you what. Oh, Radcliffe and McConey, yeah. on, on your fucking way. A couple of more 90s boys are coming for that Saturday and Sunday morning slot. <laughs> Radcliffe and the fucking pony. <laughs> hey! Hey! Very good, Joe. Hey! <laughs> 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 101 things to do in football before you die. On which note, it's a goal. My dad this week went from contributing to radio call-ins. He sent me a text at about half two in the afternoon yesterday. Just said, Jamie, I've just sent this text into the BBC about the fucking wall, about the replays and stuff like that. Lo and behold, now or later, what pops up on the BBC live feed? <laughs> Anon, Wolverhampton. Yeah, Anon. Anon, exactly. Shit, <laughs> coward. Yeah. Coward. Put your name to it. No wonder Jackie's having to listen to this podcast living with a non. (laughs) (laughs) 101 things to do in football before you die. Seb White. My 101 things to do before in football before you die is take part in a good-natured pitch invasion. This is very important. Good-natured, not a... Not a good, not a taunting or a goading or a you know an, a pressure a preface to a fisticuffs. Yes, uh, I'm talking about a good-natured pitch invasion where you celebrate a brilliant thing, whether that's winning a mad FA Cup game, whether that's winning a playoff game, whether that's winning promotion. How many? And I'm, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, but yeah. I have to, I think you might have been involved in a few pitch invasions, and everyone else there's doing the goading. But you're just being happy, Seb. Oh. So I, I was about to well, say that Seb has chosen for 101 things no. to do in football before you die. He's chosen something that he's done 101 times. <laughs> you say this. Talk us through it. Sam. Actually, Talk no. Us through it. No. Genuinely, this is this is the second time in my life that I did it watching the Oval. We're going back to 2013, a lovely sunny day in Somerset. I have had an amazing. T- Morning, morning before the game because and it's probably a new father at this time, aren't you? A new father, but I've gone to the game with my granddad, uh, oh. and it's sadly it's probably the last time I actually it is the last time I went to a game with him. So um, I look back on, it, on that bit with fondness. Dennis White Senior, Dennis White Senior, who obviously took me to games left, right, and centre, and I remember having too much, a little bit too much to drink before because I was so <laughs> nervous. No, and my granddad <laughs> trying to keep up with me. And uh, oh. having to stop halfway on the way for a piss in the <laughs> in the car park, just, it, and he was like, "Come on, you know." But it was, look, you know, those are the. It's it's a it's a nice story. Why I, was it? Why was it Grandad's last game? Because he was getting too old. No, was, no, no. I got him so fucking shit faced. He wasn't allowed to go again. <laughs> well, essentially, yeah. <laughs> essentially, esse- <laughs> so, and <laughs> we're. <laughs> God love him. God oh love him. God. Maybe it was because yeah, he tried to keep up with me. Bless him. And rest in it peace. Was, but it was a big occasion because Yeovil were in the League One playoffs. Right, this is the biggest match of Yeovil's history. <laughs> he wasn't in a chair. He wasn't in a chair. No, no, he wasn't in a chair. But it was a long walk up from Palmer's Fish and Chip Shop and the pub to the ground. So we did have to stop a couple of times. So you've got him. To, you've yeah, got yeah. him. You've got him right. You've no, made, we've you've had a lovely, do, lovely morning. You've made morning. him do a Captain Tom's length walk. <laughs> yeah. And then he's popped his clogs. No, no, he's fine. He's fine. This, <laughs> anyway, this is the biggest game in Yeovil's history to this point against Sheffield United, storied team. You know, greasy chip butty song. Harry Maguire's playing for them at the time. Mm. You know, they've got some good players, and we actually played really well. And I'm thinking we got a fucking chance here, and um, we do. We score quite early on for uh, Kevin Dawson, so it's one nil early on, and it's it sold out, Hewish. It's 
it's probably the best I've seen Hewish because it's in. The, it makes a difference when it's in the sun, isn't it? Yeah. In the sun, everyone, you know, the, the away end is full. Obviously, Sheffield United have bought two and a half thousand down because it's of the size of their club. What's the go-to song? What, what's the first thing the the Yeovil fans are getting going to get the atmosphere going? Well, into, you know, it's uh, it's Yeovil true. It's a sign of a true supporter. Is the colour of your heart, day or night, green on white. We are Yeovil Town. Ooh, and it really rolls. And it just and it was it was around a good time. So people caught. You know, the players sang it. I think it got to like number thirty four in the charts <laughs> before we played number thirty four. You know, something like that. The UK charts. On yeah, the yeah, UK, charts. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the UK. <laughs> Weirdly, there's an expectation that we might actually get something after going up early. And then we score another one through Ed Upson and it's one of those goals that you remember in your mind in slow motion and just, I can see people, every year, it's called Ed Upson Day. The, day, it's the anniversary of the goal. It's oh. called Ed Upson Day. Close your eyes now yeah. and, and talk us through the goal. The ball comes in and Ed Upson's on the right-hand side and where I'm sitting, so me and my granddad sat in the block that we'd always sat in ever since Jewish Park was, was built in block. I think it's block B of the main stand. We'd always sat in there because we bought tickets a little bit later. We're quite close at the front. We're like two rows in front from the front, which is quite unusual for us. And Ed up, and the ball comes in, Ed Upson, and he just you can see him powering his head. And it looks the ball as he heads as he heads it, it looks like it's going to swing wide, but then it it just it just curves into the and the and the, the place erupts. I jump over. I'm even in the good-natured and the full of old blokes main stand, I'm and, having... And we've got goosebumps. got goosebumps here, yeah, yeah, exactly. Jump over what? Jump over the... Because the, I think the person in front of me jumped out and then I jumped out and we're all, like, jumping up and down in the in the gangway sort of thing. And even my granddad, who isn't... Who's fucking shit-faced. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who's had a little bit too much to drink. Uh, not mixing very well with the tablets he was taking at the time. Even he's, oh like... My God. Like, you know, the ecstasy No wonder like, it was his last game. The exuberance. <laughs> what, what fucking tablets was he taking? Uh, he Beta wasn't. blockers and that. Uh, all sorts of... You know, he was 70... Mitsubishi, 75 <laughs> around then, so he's... Bless him. Anyway. He's old. Um, but even him and everyone around us is like, fuck, we're going to do this. 2-0. We're, we're going to Wembley. Yeah. We're going to Wembley. Yeah. And at the end, you know, the, the, the thing about this, and we'll come to pitch invasion is the whole point of this, right? Obviously, as the minutes tick over, we're going to Wembley. We've got to celebrate this, you know. Yeovil have won things before at this ground. We've won league titles. We got um, we got in the playoffs before. There's never been a pitch invasion. Yeovil fans are a little bit reserved. They wouldn't like to upset the apple cart or do anything. Not just the apple cart. They've got a respect, of, respect of turf. Yeah, yeah. Respect. <laughs> they've got a respect of turf and they don't want to upset the cider apple cart. They want to plow it up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think there must be an element of <laughs> They know a good bit of grass when they see it, you know. Exactly. Even the West Country. That's so lovely. smoke it, I'll mow it. <laughs> so <laughs> two minutes, two or three minutes. I mean, the place is buzzing. It's bouncing. It genuinely is. It's one of those. It's not a place that usually has ever bounced, really. Yeah. And so a few minutes, and then you get the first thing on the tannoy. It's not a place that has ever bounced. Not really. No, no. But you get that first announcement. Please, can we remind all supporters not to go on the pitch? <laughs> And it's almost like, well, that's what I'm going to do then. It's almost, you're being told not to do something, so then people slowly start walking to the front. And there's quite big gangways at the front because Yeovil Stadium was built not that long after... Um, Yeovil Stadium was one of the first modern stadiums. It was built not long, not that long after Hillsborough, so, so everything was done to... Was it built after the Taylor Report? After the Taylor yes. Report. Yeah. Hillsborough and the Taylor Report. It was those huge bits. So people are moving forward. Even old guys are there at the front. And even then I'm thinking... 
well, people aren't actually going to go on the pitch, go over this wall onto the pitch. This is just Yeovil fans wanting to get closer to the celebrations. I joined, joined the, the throng, the posse, you know, that's lining the, the, the bit of where I am. And I can see a steward straight away. And let's be honest, I'm a fairly well-known figure at Yeovil Town over the years for various reasons. Yeah. Again, probably exuberance, you know, trying to sell fanzines inside stadiums and outside stadiums. So people know who I am. What did the steward say, Seb? The steward looked at me and went, you're not getting on. <laughs> and I went, I looked it around and went, ah, I'll try, I'll try. <laughs> if it happens. But even then, I didn't think it was going to happen. Then the full time, you know, as it gets closer and closer, more and more people. And I just start to think, fuck, we're going to do this. Yeovil fans are actually going to do something a bit, a little bit whoa, a little bit way. Um, <laughs> a little bit ooh, a little bit ah, maybe. Um, so Remember the 90s. <laughs> the, the whistle goes... And it's like a starting gun, isn't it, for 100, 100 metres? It's like a starting yeah. gun for an, a race. And then it does happen. A few people do it. But this steward's got his eyes fixed on me. He's desperate. The one <laughs> thing he wants to do, he doesn't give a shit about anyone else. He wants to stop me getting on that pitch. And you've got to bum rush him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I swivel those hips like I've never swivelled them before. You sort of re I jump over to follow everyone you else. Do you do a bloody... Oh, it's unbelievable. I, I mean, I'm not a rugby person by any stretch. Jason imagine. Robinson. A jinking, a jinking. Yeah. A like jink David yeah. Campese. Oh, like that. Like that. You know, I don't know much about rugby, but I know it was like that. And the, the stewards are just... And I can feel him grabbing on my on my coat. Re request, <laughs> please, yeah, yeah. to put Seb's head yeah. on, on Australian cult winger of the, <laughs> of the 80s and 90s, David Campo Campese. Go on. And, yes. and yeah. you're running on, and then everyone's doing it then. Everyone's doing it. And no one, and I say no one, is running over to 2,500 Sheffield United fans I would say 500 of them, maybe 1,000 of them already left because they were like, fuck this, we're going back to Yorkshire. So you're all no going where? We're all going to the centre and oh, to amazing. the front amazing. where the players are all running off because I'm in the main stand. So we're all going just to fucking celebrate and all the players run up the steps and then they're in, they're like where the tunnel is but just to the side of the tunnel. They sort of go where the director's box is. Where they're safe from you, like, lock, lock, lock themselves behind the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're in the director's box. Don't want you trying to strip them. And then, uh, and then we're, well, no. And then we're all just looking there and I'm, the first thing, it feels so, I've watched that pitch and I've seen that pitch hundreds and times in my life. I've never been on it. I've never actually been on that pitch. Well, respect for the turf. Respect for the turf. And I'm on that pitch firstly and I'm like, Gives you a different perspective of where I used to sit, where I, I mate sit, where yep. the terrace is. Yeah. And then secondly, like, this must mean something because I'm on the pitch. Secondly, my granddad. Where's granddad? Me, no, no, no. <laughs> I look round. He's walking towards me. He's walking towards me, like slowly. Oh. He's got his walking stick and stuff. Oh, and I'm like, hell. this is... He's not He's not taking out the steward for you, I see. No, 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 no. <laughs> hooked, I can... hooked his foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cheers, granddad. <laughs> That's very beautiful. And that we are on there for... And I'm seeing people that I've been to the going to the game with for years and stood outside, sold fanzines to people in stupid non-league grounds. We have just won the League One playoff semi-final. And, and we are there for a good 15 minutes and the players are singing songs at us and we're singing it back. And we're all just looking at it. And, and I couldn't wait for the pictures to come out because I wanted to see this like mass of people, this massive celebration. And you can see me because I've got a stupidly bright yellow jacket which I which I really miss I should and you're six sold. foot five and I'm six foot five and arms arms aloft on the front of the local paper God bless you know, you there, he is, there he is there he is Portland Bellend <laughs> so that's a reference that... to children's TV, TV <laughs> character Portland, Portland Bill who you're, wore a yellow jacket and then so after that celebration and then uh, then it just hits that we're going to Wembley 
again. And it just hits that we've done something incredible because Gary Johnson had made this ragtag team get and beat team like Sheffield United. So I go and find my granddad and walk out. And as we're, as players and people are leaving, Gary Johnson is sort of hugging people and high-fiving people. And he comes down the steps. And I'm like, I've got to get a picture of my granddad with Gary Johnson. You know, this is This is iconic, this moment. And I did. And it was the one thing that... Um, it was the one, it was always in his, it was always in his, uh, it was always the picture in his room at his uh, nursing home alongside pictures of us. So, you know, it was fucking great. And I think we should, you know, joy, reminding you why I love football. That reminds me why I love football. <laughs> so, yeah, joy. He'd He'd be, he'd be laughing now. <laughs> saying you took me too many drink, drinks but yeah <laughs> I said it was really 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 nice it was nice yeah, it was great. thank you are you looking to join a club well how about Club Mundial it's what we call our subscriber offering and it's the best club in the world we think for only £10 a quarter you get the magazine through your door a tidy little membership card 20% off all Mundial merchandise and discounts at classic football shirts, All Press Espresso, Art of Football and Percival Menswear. What more do you want? You also get priority access to events, subscriber-only merchandise and a weekly Club Mundial newsletter. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the description to subscribe today. We'll see you at the bar. Welcome to Valleywood. You should be in a band. <laughs> so good. Go on, so James. Good. You ain't being a Valleywood man. Ooh. Seb, I can't do the yee I get yeah, the one after doing yeah, it. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> He's gurning, folks. He's gurning. I told you there was banter in the bellows today. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. very deep in the bellows. Yeah, banter and bunder. Welcome to Hollywood. Uh, originally a front section piece from uh, from the magazine. Um, now, it's pretty self-explanatory. We talk about great volleys. We've moved it on than just talking about volleys because it can get a bit uh, repetitive. So now we will talk about the volley, but we're also going to commentate on it and, and co-commentate on it. And people have responded to this. Um, George Crew gets a lot of mentions on this podcast, Talked said, I want to talk to you about Muzzy Is It? And I thought, fuck... I haven't done him justice, and he said thank you for that. He brought back uh, memories of my childhood. I was oh, there. Oh, really? really? I was there at the game. He watching was there. That. Yeah, he told me. He oh, was amazing! There. He was there for that volley. Yeah. Oh, amazing! Oh, what we got today? I just want I just want listeners to definitely know that this this is completely unscripted, and like yeah. the, the the comms is completely unscripted. The first time that we did it, I didn't even know that that was what was going to be happening. Really, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you weren't aware of what was going on with produ- production and just turned up. <laughs> Fucking hell. Seems, seems unlikely. Yeah. Who's got the briefcase with the Truman gift in it? The tr- past the Truman NFT. <laughs> the NFT. The NFT. <laughs> On we go. I'll, I'll write buy that. I'll write the that. NFT. I yeah. So um, I'm going to tell people that this is um, Seb and James now are going to talk about a, a goal by... Luke Ayling versus Huddersfield Town, which has been suggested by who, Seb? Jarstone on Twitter, who responded to our tweet when we said, we send us in your suggestions, and Jarstone replied, yeah, with this goal. Luke Ayling v Huddersfield. 
We're here at Ellen Road this afternoon for Leeds United versus Huddersfield Town. Leeds are in second place and have won the last four games without conceding a goal. Marcelo Bielsa's boys are booming. Whoa. Against the Terriers, though, the, the local rivals, this is going to be tough, James. It's no easy, no easy game, the Yorkshire Derby. You're bang on there, Sebastian Dennis-White. And we're into the third minute here and Matthias Click has got the ball, spreads it wide to... Jack Harrison, who's approaching the edge of the box. Another touch. He pings it. Back post. Who's that? It's Luke Ayling. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Where's he come from? Ayling. Oh, the headband's coming out. His hair's out. Luke Ayling. He's ruined to Bielsa. Oh, my God. They are. Oh. This is uh, the scenes here. I mean, he's ripped his headband off to show his lovely hair. But that is a fantastic goal. He's come from nowhere at the back stick and absolutely volleyed it home. No stopping that, is there, James? Oh, my God, we see it again. Jack Harrison, edge of the box, a big ball to the back. Luke Ayling, the ball's as high as his chest. Yeah, <laughs> he has jumped so high there, Ayling. I mean, you can see him on the... I'm looking at the replay again. He, keeps he has going. come so far, hasn't he? He's come so far. Oh! And absolutely, it's arrowed in. Arrowed in. And the former Yeovil player who learned it all at Hewish Park is doing the bits now in the championship for Leeds has put Leeds ahead. We have not seen scenes like this at Ellen Road for a long, long it's time. Look at Helder Costa, the pylon. Yeah. It's like they've just won the Champions League. They're all in shock, aren't they, James? My goodness, and we are too. Yep. This recommendation stood out for me because it's a goal that I remember really well. One of my best friends, Dan Smith, is a Leeds fan. And, in, you know, in a similar situation to what Wolves went through, they had two relegations and were just woeful for a long period of time the banter years were strong with Leeds United oh god and of course they hire Marcelo Bielsa the, the, the most potentially the most court manager of the last 20 years someone whose ideas are the way he what he's so sure-footed about his ideas there is no wavering from them and this goal came at a time when, as I said in the comment, in, in the lead up to the commentary, they'd won four in a trot. They were second. They were second in the table at this point, mm. um, and I think that this goal summed up all of that. Mm. You've got Luke Ayling, who has come through the pyramid of English football yeah. and he's now excelling in, in this team Marcelo Bielsa sets an infrastructure mm. and allow players who potentially haven't thrived before to thrive so players well like... it's, I think it's not even that my mate's a, 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 a Leeds fan as well one of my best mates also um, Matt Bullen who you've met um, and he he said it's it was incomprehensible to imagine that it was the same group of players he was watching. Mm. If you'd have told him mm. yeah. it was a completely different group of players playing under Bielsa yeah. before, he would have he would have said, yeah, well, of course it is. That cannot be the same human being <laughs> yeah. doing what they're doing now compared to what they were what they were doing before. So yeah. so you've got that. You've got what Marcelo Bielsa does on the pitch, which is you know well documented, mm. and then what he does off the pitch is also very well documented. Mm. But the way that fans get behind him because you can see that he puts players into effort until they're bursting at the seams and the fans are bursting at the seams as well. They see that he lives in the centre of town. They see that he walks <laughs> to the training ground. They see that he walks to games on a Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. And everything that is everything that you love about your club, 
Marcelo Bielsa embraces. And this goal came at the crest of all of that. So, you know, they are second in the table. Mm. They've won these four games in a row. These players, Matthias Klick, uh, Harrison. Jack Harrison, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. all players who are suddenly, and, and obviously Calvin Phillips as well, he, course, he didn't yeah. play in this game, but he was injured, yeah. but was also yeah. playing at 150% of maybe even his own ability. And yeah. that's what Bielsa does. This goal came at the crest of that. And the explosion of the volley, in, it's an beautiful crazy mm. volley that it looks like he hits it he looks like he stretches his leg up to where his chest is yeah. and hits it across like that the fact that it's Luke Ayling you know someone yeah, yeah. that you've seen play in yeah. the fourth tier the third tier yeah exactly um, the explosion then of the fans, yeah. the explosion of ailing, his, him taking <laughs> yeah, yeah. his hairband out, his hair coming out everywhere, the, the explosion of the players jumping on top of him. It's just such an amazing moment that it is like a wave breaking. Yeah, yeah. And um, I interviewed Luke Aylin again for the second series of Giant. Um, and he's such a... Behind it should be said some pretty intensive COVID restrictions at the time. Yeah. Oh, so, God, yeah. So what should also be said about this goal, actually, is that this is the last game before everything closes down for COVID. The so, very last one. I, I think so, yeah. Mm. So the guy in the tweet says that yes. I've just got to Sorry, my yeah. seat. And then you know what it, didn't close down, didn't you? Mundial open for business all the way through the pandemic. Mundial open for business. So I interviewed Luke Ayling, yes, under extremely... Um, I stayed... It was just before Christmas and I stayed in a weird inner city, like... City Centre Hotel yeah, in Leeds. Yeah. Oh, you did it in the flash. Yeah, not yeah, I went on my own right. as well. But and what you don't know is though it what like the it was pretty intense the conditions. But for James to request a hazmat suit off the club, <laughs> I, I found a little bit weird. <laughs> anyway, Den <laughs> fucking Desert Storm Birdo. Less less about. <laughs> What's a shite. What's less a about, shite, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Less about where I stayed in the city centre, yeah. more about what Luke Ayling was like. And and he was so gracious, he was so welcoming, bearing in mind that we all had to sit there with masks on and mm. however many feet apart and whatever those rules were. He was so gracious. He was, of course, and he's spoken extensively yeah. about having a speech impediment and, and he spoke he gave me so much time and he was so calm. And Let you cook meth at the training ground. <laughs> <laughs> and and the way that he spoke about his career, about yeah. about his time at Yeovil, yeah, about yeah. um about Leeds, about the people of Leeds, about Bielsa, he gave me like gave incredible insights about murder ball, you know, the mythical training. Yes, it's a great thing. episode. Um and so this goal, I think, in a way, was quite special to me. Um yeah, great. watching it back. You know, I think every year Leeds fans basically hold an anniversary for this goal because I think it symbolises ah, everything. Like an option day. Before, <laughs> yeah. Every, every, Two Yeovil legends. It symbolises everything that was incredible about yeah. that time. It was almost the height of that time. They sort of knew they were going to get promoted at this point. I think they went seven clear, seven points clear of Fulham in yeah. third place. Um, so it's sort of just the crest of all these amazing things coming together, the manager, the Brilliant. players... Um, and then this goal, which is, you know, you look for moments in football that where you can signify something changing, a changing of the guard. And I think that this goal from yeah. Luke Aylin did that. Enjoying this podcast, but not really ready to subscribe to a print magazine? Well, you need the Mundell Gateway drug. Why not sign up to our weekly newsletter? You'll get exclusive writing, discounts, recommendations and some really, really random references. Follow the newsletter link in the show description and see what you're missing out on. We are moving on. <gasps> Ins and outs. And um, there was a little bit of ructions last week. Tom 
and Seb, both on the naughty yeah. step for uh, essentially crimes against list features. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guilty. James guilty. B- James Bird, um, my number two, the sous chef to my head. James suggested it, and um, I um, followed through two-footed and said, yes, they are on the naughty step. So ins, I'm going to let them do their ins, but they will not be doing any outs. Yeah. Because I'm, because <laughs> I'm sick so of... Good. Yeah, because I'm sick of them moaning. Um <laughs> Ins. So Seb, um, I see you've put it in weird little arrows with some with some totally jazz spacing. But I, I don't I, actually I, know what I've done. That sorry. I, I just want to say that I've only just seen in the script that it says one game ban for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. You've only just seen the script now. Yeah. Uh, it's a real revel- revelation. Yeah, where's that NFT? Seb. <laughs> what is your in, Seb? Uh, it's the people of Glasgow and the surrounding area, and I include Motherwell in that because it's only 20 minutes away. But I had a lovely, lovely weekend, and the people in Scotland were not only incredibly knowledgeable and uh, great to deal with, they were very, very friendly, and it was a joy to spend a few days in Scotland. In Scotland, great place, great people, love it. I spent a lot of time there years ago when I was working um, um, for a magazine in a different sport, um, and I love it. Fucking love Scotland. Yeah. I just want to say you, Seb, in your waterproof jacket with the, the leaf fall on the green grass behind you talking about having a tour at Hampton was, one, the most Seb thing I've ever seen, two, one of the most wholesome things I've ever seen. Yeah, and, and, oh, and, and three, one of the most incendiary to his line manager who sat in a fucking office <laughs> office doing work while, while Seb squeezing a three-hour trip into a, around Hampton into a work day and then posting about it well, while, well, people, while people are back at the coalface doing hard jacket. The... So for that reason, what? not in. <laughs> No, Tommy. <laughs> I was at the cafe uh, Saturday at all Saturday. Owen's got the fishing rod out here. Oh, <laughs> I have caught myself a <laughs> bloody big one. A big green mark. Flapping yeah. around like nobody. He's yeah. flapping around like nobody's business. Oh, look yeah. at him. Look at him. Look at him flapping. <laughs> Would be impossible. Gasping for air, he is gasping. <laughs> Would be impossible to land. Yeah. Oh yeah, just just yeah. just not bother halfway through. Just chuck him back in. Yeah. I'm not, not bothering with that. Yeah. And away. What is that? God, what's that coming out of his gills? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so no, sorry, people of Glasgow, but Seb's ruined it with his with his with his desire to fucking bunk off of a Monday. Tommy, uh, mine is uh, this was recommended by my friend Felix White. Uh, it is I'd say it for next week you've, ru- you've ruined it there yeah. <laughs> it, seemed a pun- it seemed a punchy thing to do when you're already on thin ice doesn't it and... still talking about your celebrity yeah mates. yeah yeah it seems oh. punchy I'll be honest yeah 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 I'll be honest I think please straight, let me show straight you off, please straight let, off no no straight off no 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 come on we're going to have to push it back I'm afraid yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> And the referee's walking over. What it's, is it? He's going to the back pocket. Play it's it. a red card. <laughs> Stuart has walked out. Play it simple. Although, to be fair, I did put an incendiary in by the sounds of it. So maybe I, yeah. yeah. Wow. I only said my friend because, uh, oh, no, there's no excuses there. No. no there, I don't think no. there is, no. No, 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 no I'll, I'll be no. honest, Tommy. You I just love go, you. He said my friend. Uh, but he's not on the notice still, is it? It's also different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on the, the notice still. blue tick. It's one of those high tackles that you didn't mean to do it, but. You caught him. You're off. I'm afraid there has You're to be again. rules. And if you come in, so I know it, it looks great, but if you'd have just come in, yeah, yeah. not good enough for you to just talk about that and, you know, not give yourself a reach around, was there? Do you know, yeah. what, the, do you know, do you know what the problem is here? Tom has promised Felix, his mate, that he's going to talk about his book on the show and now no, he's no, been sent he off and he can't. And now we come to liars. Birdo, what's your... 
<laughs> multi-screening, just getting the laptop out, borrowing your partner's laptop, getting your, your daughter's iPad out, getting the TV screen on it over here, and just setting up like a VAR room of all the games going on across the world at one time. Just fucking get you. What's going on there? Oh, it's Napoli versus Rome. We're just fucking, yeah, do Bellingham class and over there. Do you know there. you sound like? Who? And the haunted lad. <laughs> Why don't you? <laughs> Not <Yeah>. in. <laughs> Setting up a VAR room in your flat. Just multi-screening. Do you know what? That might a be. You, that might be you done. <laughs> but really, on mind. a free. Setting up a VAR room in your front room. That will never. I don't mean a VAR room. You no. said He's... that was just. Did a did, vi- you did did ins and outs. Not in. Well, what's yours? <laughs> It's his, and he's the host, so let's just go with it. We've caused ructions enough. It's local knowledge, actually. Uh, the other day, my, both my ins and outs are uh, related to the same thing. So I had got quite a weird, a weird day the other day that so I had to... I was working from home, but not home. I spent all day working in... Um, I spent all day working in Tunbridge Wells, which is where I live, which I'm often quite disparaging about. But no, I not only had an amazing lunch at a place called Kai's Kitchen. I nearly went to Wagamama. I can't believe I did this. And then I was like, of course, Kai's Kitchen's there. As I said to you on the message, James, they're a bit chaotic at Kai's Kitchen. (laughs) And the place regularly floods and sometimes it'll take three hours to pick up your takeaway and stuff like that. But it's very authentic Thai cuisine. None of your giggling squid shit and stuff like that. Mm. Entry level. Bang, bang, cauliflower. Fucking tight. (laughs) Thai tapas. What an offensive word. Yeah. Um, But anyway, no, so a bit of local knowledge. And then... Um, my wife said, "See if you can get any plantain." And I was like, "Of course, there's those fucking." So I went to the um, Asian Asian supermarket, bought some great plantains, some morning glories, some Scotch bonnets, some 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 bits and bobs. And I was like, "Fucking hell, you forget." Even a place where I often say, "Oh, there's not great places around here." There's loads of great places. You just mm. forget, don't you? I mean, mm. you live in London. There's like supermarkets like that in the corner yeah, of most yeah, places yeah. where you live, and you can go and get great produce. Yeah. Out in the fucking boondocks. You know, we're relying on the bloody, on you know, on the fucking Aldi van to turn, not the Aldi van, the little van to turn up yeah. and the fucking Morrison's van. Wait, turning up coming. with fucking won- won- wonky raspberries falling to pieces. <laughs> Get down the store, fucking see me mate in there, perfectly ripe plantain, straight home, fried them up. There you go. So there's local knowledge and it's in because I'm, I'm the, I'm the host. Anyway, outs. Um, we put a, um, a bolo out on social media for listeners' outs, <laughs> an announcement out asking for the outs, and um, they were so bad, we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> they were guilty. If, of... if, if you think pa- that passes muster for me to talk about, then um, oh. you're wrong. So there's only going to be two outs this week. Seb, Tommy, Naughty Step, yeah. Birdo flirting with it. You know how this is going to end, don't you? Yeah. Ins and outs is just going to be Owens. No, no, no. <laughs> like, the, like Jerry Springer, the final word. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to... <laughs> the final word of Owen Blackhurst. I didn't want to put them on the naughty step. You no. did it, so you got more chance to talk. So, James, what's your in? Out. Ooh. What's your out? Your what's in, my out? Your in was out. What's your out? My out is cooking for one. Ooh. It's... I, fi- I absolutely love cooking for people. It might be my favourite thing to do. Maybe my favourite way to communicate with people is to cook for them. It's not what you say off air. but cooking for one I've been on my own I was on my own recently for a week just absolutely no motivation to do it at all not asked didn't even like didn't didn't get the didn't get the pans out once no, no, no I, I agree. It's 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 pretty shit. You have to be really motivated to do it. It's quite salient, isn't it? The sharing of something. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I agree. Cooking for one, cooking for one can get in the bin. Story of my life. Seb doesn't. <laughs> it's the story of my life. Good thing about Seb though, he doesn't cook for one, two, or three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Go, Tesco go, go, go. finest pizza. I know you told That'd me last night. I said I'm off. I'm off for dinner now. He said I bet yours isn't a uh, Tesco's finest ham and pineapple, isn't it? I said no, it's not. My out is automotive confusion. Mm. Oh. Okay. Now, mm. um, despite being a driver, <laughs> I, I don't know. Despite me being a driver and <laughs> cheers, and, drive, <laughs> and formerly uh, a long time ago being the uh, assistant manager, uh, assistant manager of a motor world in in Bridge North in Shropshire. Um, <laughs> I don't know a lot about cars no. under the hood. Imagine what that was like. Um, we got fucked all times. Yeah, this is what I mean. Some of your job stories from that time are great. It was like a Midlands version of Friday. Yeah. You know, the, <laughs> the film with Ice Cube. Yes, yes. Not the day of the week. No, no. Anyway, automotive confusion. So, I There's a history of it, is what you're saying. Well, well yeah, I mean, basically... I um my car's overdue a service and we're going on holiday in a couple of weeks. We've got to drive for about three or four hours and I thought, you know, the, the, the sensible thing to do is to put it in for a service despite I knew it was going to cost me 300 quid I don't really have. But I did it and I got there and the, the lad at the um the Halfords Automotive Centre on the industrial estate, Um, this was the day I was um working from cafes because it's close to the industrial estate and the, the, the local buses aren't very good because, you know, 15 years of conservative government and all that. Uh, so I walked mm-hmm. it, got the steps in, took the steps. But um, so I said at the end, he went, yeah, it's all passed. And I said, great. He said, just one thing, though. He said, um, the timing belt, he said, um, you're meant to, um, it's manufacturer's warranty that it's um, 84, 84 months. Um, and it should be up. The car's a lot older than 84 months old. And I said, oh, I'm sure I read somewhere it was 90,000 miles, though. And he went, oh, let me check. And he said, yeah, it's 84 mi- eighty-four months or 112,000 miles, whatever comes first. And I said, well, the car's only done 60,000 miles. And he went, "He went, yeah, it should be fine. And I said, well, no, no. I said, <laughs> should I change it after 84 months? Because that comes first. Or 112,000 miles? Because I'm only halfway to that. But I'm another halfway again past the 84 months. And he said, I don't know, mate. And I went, oh, that'll be fine then. <laughs> so now I think the fucking cam belt's going to go. Yeah. No no knowledge that it should. But why couldn't yeah. they just say, fuck the 84 months, mate. Cam belts yeah. don't go after 65. Like, yeah. if, 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 if we've got any mechanics listening and you want to say, you'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Get in. Get in. So that would be helpful. Please. Yeah, I've never, you've, I've never been a petrol head either. This has been reminding you why you love football. We would love you to um, rate this and review it. Please, please do. Give us a fucking review because when we were getting more reviews, we were pushing up the charts and if the views break down, we slide down the charts and up, down, up, down, up, down. Uh, we can see the listener figures. They are growing every week, which was great. Uh, but we always need your help to get more people to help us spread the joy. Share it. Come up with a funny username. Live a little. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. all we're asking. Just bloody live yeah. a little. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. Just live. Enjoy yourself. Minor username for everything's going to be uh, 16 valve now. Yeah. <laughs> You're like more like a two valve. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> more, like, more like 32. <laughs> Thank you. All of the very best. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Love you, bye. I don't love you. Reminding you why you love football is a Monday Alt and Football co-production. Produced by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 